Newcastle and Hutter Valleys, 2 and URFM 103.7. Finance today with Barry Preston. Barry, and uh, reports. We're looking at reports this morning. What can you tell us? We will uh, uh, certainly have a look at the, the reports, but what they're talking about is the reporting season. Now, yes. what happens on the market, there's uh, approximately about 1,200 stocks on the market, and all of them have to do reports. Now, the bigger blue chip stocks usually report every half year, and this is the end, 31st of December, of course, they're reporting. And a lot of them will bring out their results for the last half year. <clears throat> Pardon me. And Telstra came out this morning. And what we'll do is we'll throw a few of these questions at Henry. But they've also got uh, smaller stocks, uh, more of the speculative stocks, that have to do what's called an activities report every three months, which tells the shareholders or people interested in investing in those stocks what they've done over the last three months. And it also, <clears throat> that company has to report its cash position because a lot of exploration companies burn cash until they find something, uh, spend millions and millions of dollars developing it, and then that's when they get a cash flow. So you can look at that and see whether that speculative company will need to raise funds in the near future, and that's an excellent way of doing it from the activity report, where your bigger blue chip ones that are paying dividends have made profits and so forth, they're usually half Yearly, so that's what we talk about when they're talking about the reporting season. And by the way, it's just not in Australia; it's uh, it's basically a worldwide thing. Quick mm. whip around <clears> the <throat> markets there. Let's have a look. Gold, of course, uh, fourteen hundred and twenty-eight dollars an ounce Australian. That's up about twenty-three dollars on the last week. Silver, very steady, twenty-two point five four Australian dollars per ounce. Copper is only up $40 over the week to 7978 per tonne Australian. The biggest uh, rise was nickel. It's up $550 or to 15914 per tonne. Tin, $158 ahead over the week to 24934 My prediction is, and I've been wrong before, of course, I silver. I think silver may be a sleeping metal at the moment because I think there's a huge amount of short sell, uh, short selling of silver in the world, but... Time will only tell. Currencies. Our currency <clears throat> this morning was 90.2. That's the US, 90.2 uh, US cents to our dollar. Uh, that's up one cent. So if you wanted to buy an American dollar, it cost you about a dollar ten Australian. The British pence, 54.3. That's what you would get for your uh, Australian dollar. No, let me start again. 54.3 British pence. You'd have to pay about a dollar a, a eighty to get a British pound. Mm-hmm. Not much change over the last week. <clears throat> Pardon me. The Chinese Yuan Renminbi, very little change there. They don't seem to change much at all, the uh, Chinese currency to the Australian currency. 5.4 Chinese Yuan Renminbis to the Australian dollar. The New Zealand dollar, $1.08 to an Australian dollar. And Euro, 66.4. That's about half of a Euro cent ahead from previous weeks. The Canadian dollar, we just Close to parity, 99.2 Canadian uh, cents to the Australian dollar. Heading towards Japan, you would get 92.45 Japanese yen to your Australian dollar. The markets, well, the markets have been fairly powerful over the week. There's been some big movements. Our market's up, or it closed yesterday at 5,319, 5% ahead. Ours was the best performer on percentages of the markets we follow. The American Dow, 15,963, that's 3.3% ahead over the week. The NASDAQ, 4,201, ahead about 4%. 
For the week, the UK FTSE, 6,675, that's 3.3% ahead over the week. The Japanese market, 14,800, 4% ahead. Hang Seng market, 4.7. So the NASDAQ, the USA NASDAQ and the uh, Hang Seng, which ended at 22,285, it's 4.7 as the NASDAQ is 4.7. Oil, mm, interesting. The American oil is 111.25, which is $2.20 more expensive Australian per barrel. That's the West Texas Intermediate. And the Tapas, the Australian oil, 127.91, a huge jump of 80 cents for the week. At the Bowser, hmm, interesting. Our or the average price for our unleaded is 152.5. That's 0.8 of a cent uh, more costly than what it was last week. Diesel, 151.3. That's would you believe is no change. And Newcastle's, sorry, <clears throat> the Central Coast uh, petrol, 100. And, I'm sorry. Let me finish that. I stuffed that up. I apologise. The Central Coast unleaded is 150.3, which is down one cent on last week, and it's uh, cheaper than Newcastle, which it normally is. Newcastle diesel, 161.4, no change. Central Coast diesel, 162.2, no change. But if you're heading to Sydney, their petrol went down over the week, approximately 6.8 cents uh, a litre for unleaded to 145.9, Diesel, very little change, 159.3. Diesel seems not to change that much. No. Why? Well, no, it just seems to stay, doesn't it? Yeah. Why? I'm asking you, Dave, why? I don't know. Oh, why, I don't know. Why, why should it fluctuate? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I no reason. Well, they could change the price for some reason yeah. to make it exciting. I mean, let it drop. Yeah. Well, Let it drop yeah, if anything. I think so. You don't want it going up. No. <laughs> when we come back, we'll see what Henry thinks of the markets. Two in your RFM, 103.7. It's Finance Today with Barry Preston. And, of course... Comments made during our program are for general discussion. Uh, You must always seek your own advice and a product disclosure statement should be obtained and considered before obtaining a financial product. Staff associated with Pritchard & Partners Proprietary Limited or BBY stockbrokers may trade or hold shares in companies that we mentioned on this program. Financial Services Licence Pritchard's 246-712-BBY-238095. The Australian dollar starting to climb. Not happy, Jan? No, definitely not happy, Jan, but I think its climb has been well and truly arrested today as we've seen some uh, unemployment figures come in around 6%, which was far worse than the geniuses of the uh, the, economy, the economic world were suggesting. So uh, I suspect that will uh, put more pressure on the RBA to cut rates, which will get the currency down. They won't cut rates, but it will help get the currency down. It's uh, What do they call those things? It's a mirage. Is that right? It's it not an aircraft, mirage. by the way, also. Here yeah. we go. Ready, set, go. Up, down. The reporting season's on. Now, the banks, the ANZ and the CBA, came through with some good figures, very strong on the market. But they what did. happened with Macquarie? Well, I guess uh, Macquarie um, came through with, with not particularly good, not particularly bad. They did reaffirm guidance and forecasts, and I would say that they're being pretty conservative. The stock fell sort of 4% after they uh, affirmed their uh, their unchanged guidance, um, but subsequently to that it has rallied uh, a couple of percent in the last two days. So um, I think Macquarie is certainly one to keep an eye on, especially with buoyant equity markets and IPO markets helping their core business. ANZ and CBA pretty good? 
Um, yeah, they're robbing us blind. So, um, <laughs> so there's no no problems there with uh, ANZ or CBA. Um, they're making money hand over fist, mainly through the uh, the time honoured tradition of reducing bad debts uh, and cost cutting. But um, you know, they've also got the benefit of the uh, increasing uh, property market as well. So that that all helps. Even Domino's Pizza's travelling well. Yeah, well, I've done my bit, Barry. I've certainly been eating my share of their pizzas. Um, they are travelling well. Um, I have to say, you know, it's um, they're, they're, they're doing pretty well. Their um, their products are good. I can certainly attest to that. So, um, <laughs> and they're expanding overseas, which uh, which is good. Did I read somewhere where they're looking at they want to become a world dominant pizza maker? Um, I think so. Yes. I mean, it's everyone wants to take over the world, don't they? They can yes. be the Doctor Evil of pizza. Now, here's a funny situation. Oz Minerals, the stock yep. jumped 11% after it reported a $300 million loss. Now, that's up, down, down, up. I mean, what's going on? Well, there has been an absolute dog, this stock, and everyone knew that it was going to make uh, big losses. But the, the cheery news, if you can call it the cheery news, was that they, uh, they're moving on from their uh, CEO. So um, that was partly responsible, I suspect, for the, uh, the more positive sentiment around the stock. So, um, yeah, he hasn't done a particularly good job. Um, there was also some concerns about their cash pile. They have a big pile of cash, um, and there was a concern that they'd spent it all, but they still have you know, about 360-odd million left uh, in, the, in, the, in the kitty. So, um, so, yeah, I think a recovery. But we've also seen this week a general recovery in commodity stocks. We've seen some better numbers out of China on their uh, export. Uh, import uh, figures, so that that certainly has helped uh, resource stocks. Oz Minerals, they're mainly copper. I think they produce something like 73,000 tonnes of copper, which is not too bad at 7,000-something dollars a tonne. No, that's right. They've also got a big shareholding in uh, Sanfar Resources, which has been one of the uh, the great success stories of the mining industry in the last uh, five years. G8 Education has been a solid performer. What's this company do? They, they do childcare. Oh. Um, they do childcare centres, much like... Um, Eddie Groves used to, um, but, but much better. Um, they, 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 these guys are very experienced operators. They had a pretty much near-death experience during the GFC as they got grouped in with the uh, the ABC kind of uh, problems, but uh, have recovered very nicely. And they recently this week have bought 69 uh, more childcare centres. They're very disciplined about the uh, amount of money they spend uh, buying these childcare centres, usually around four times uh, earnings before interest and tax. Um, and and uh, usually they're sort of mom and pop kind of uh, operations, and they they add their corporate flair and their management to it, and turn the businesses around and make them uh, more profitable. They've done very well, and I suspect they will continue to do so. They've only got five percent of the uh, uh, childcare centres in Australia, so there's plenty of upside to come. Cochlear disappoints the market, and the chief of Cochlear had a bit of a shot at the Australian high wages, making some of its operation internationally non-competitive. What's uh, this all about? Well, this story's really fallen on deaf ears, I think, uh, <laughs> in, in, in Cochlear. Um, so it's, it's, it has been a massively successful uh, story over the years, but um, they are facing some competition from uh, from some cheaper um, products, uh, and we've seen you know the stock topped out at around eighty odd bucks, uh, and now we're trading around the sort of the fifty, the fifty-six sort of levels, fifty-five, fifty-six. So. 
there's a bit of international competition creeping in. That, that, I mean, it's a good business. They've been making a lot of money, so it's inevitable that some people start to uh, try and emulate them. So I, I think they've got some cost pressures. The uh, the Aussie dollar, obviously, uh, is something they have to bear in mind. And uh, as the uh, the MD rightly says, I mean, we do have a, an issue in this country with uh, with our high wages uh, comparative to uh, some of the overseas countries. Mm. Telstra rings up some good profits. And even, listen to this, drumroll. I know. They've increased their dividend by half a cent. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? What was yeah, their profit? Uh, oh, lots. <laughs> lots, lots and lots and lots. Um, I think... Um, was it $1.5 billion or something? Yeah, it was one point actually mm. uh, today I'm just uh, just trying to scroll through to uh, remember what it was but uh, they made a their EBIT grew by 7% to 5.3 billion and their profit rose to 1.7 which was up nearly 10% um, they did raise their dividend by half a cent which although is hardly stunning it is a, certainly a step in the right direction and I guess it shows management confidence going forward the other interesting thing today is that not only did Telstra do very well but also Optus uh, reported a very good number as well today. Their profits were up about 40%. Um, so they have done well. So if Telstra and Optus are doing well, you have to wonder which phone company is not doing so well because they can't all be doing well. No. Anyway, we, we shall see. But um, you'd imagine that Vodafone continue to struggle. Um, you know, Optus 40, 40%, 41% profit increase is not bad. Um, so, um, anyway, we'll see. Bunnings Warehouse Property Trust. Now, this is a part of the Westfield Group or something, or, or not Westfield, uh, West Farmers Group, is it? Bunnings? It is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is the thing that actually owns the um, the big warehouses where we go and spend our, uh, our dollars on a Saturday morning buying stuff that we don't really need. <laughs> you uh, do. <laughs> because you go in there and you can't stop. You, know, you always think, oh, I just need one of those. Um, so, yeah, these are the guys that uh, basically own the uh, the underlying property assets as opposed to the business um which is you know obviously part of west farmers so mm. um, what about the australian securities exchange has that one reported yet the asx yeah, itself? it has they're doing well yeah. they've um they've had a good time mainly on the back of uh, increased ipos um we've seen a you know a, a resurgence i guess of uh, the ipo business this year um, what's the ipo uh, their initial public offerings, Barry. Uh-huh. So yes, these are yes. when new companies float. Yes. Um, and we've seen a number of new ones, things like Channel 9, um, McAleese, uh, Freelancer, um, I'm trying to think of what, oh, Dick Smith. Um, so as we've seen increased confidence in the market, we've also seen an increased um, sort of ability for uh, for companies to float on the exchange. Fees are fantastic for these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the ASX has done quite nicely out of that. The profit's up 10%. Um, so, um, you know, the, the, it was not bad. The interim dividend was up uh, a smidge as well. So um, it was all looking good. So all the business is going quite well, although the volumes are still on the, the underlying ASX market are still a little bit below where we'd like them. Change. Things change. Nothing's permanent. News Corporation is still making profits, but the newsprint numbers are down some 17% in Australia. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean... Oh. Selling newspapers is not an easy game anymore. It's um, it's pretty tough, um, and the actual printing of them is expensive, and so many more people are going over to uh, the digital news, 
Um, and there's obviously they're, they're putting up paywalls so that subscribers have to pay to get this digital news. But um, you know, it's not always that easy to convert subscribers um, from a newspaper or, or physical newspapers into digital subscribers and getting them to pay the same amount of money. So um, it's, a, it's been a trend for the last decade. It will continue. Henry, I think one of the biggest demises as far as the newspaper uh, printing and so forth was concerned is when they stopped fish and chip shops wrapping their chips in newspaper. That was one of the greatest things when I was a kid. You get your chips wrapped up in newspaper. Of course, you had something in the middle, but you ripped the corner off it and you ate the chips out of it. That was brilliant. That's one of the demises of the newspaper industry, I think. Luxury. You had chips, did you? We just had newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have a little break and then we'll come back, get into our little tinny and head overseas and see what's happening there. It's remaining partly cloudy. The uh, weather forecast by the water is for winds northeasterly below 10 knots, increasing to 15 to 20 knots in the late afternoon. Seas around 1 metre increasing to 1.5 metres during the afternoon and the swells southerly below 1 metre. A low tide, it's at 6 minutes to 3 this afternoon, 0.4 of a metre, 8 minutes to 8 for sunset tonight. The wind from the south at uh, northeasterly at 7 knots. It's 46% for relative humidity, 25 minutes to 1 and warming up to 30 degrees at the moment by the water at Nobby's. You're listening to Finance Today with Barry Preston. I don't want to talk too loud about this, Henry. We've got to be very quiet, but it seems that all the, all the hoopla, verbal gymnastics, noise has subsided. So let's not talk too loud. The House of Representatives in America has passed an increase in their budget from $17 trillion. Where are they going? Well, they're going higher, Barry. <laughs> they, just, uh, they seem to have now been extended... Um, the, that credit card limit yet again, and that's with all good things. I mean, I, I know from my own personal experience, when you knock up against that limit, the banks, uh, especially in good times, are quite happy to uh, offer you even more money at exorbitant rates. So um, you know, the same thing will happen with the U.S. I mean, at least they have the benefit of getting very low interest rates as the world still seems to want to, to uh, lend the U.S. money um, at low rates. I mean, that will change at some stage. And there's going to be some huge challenges when that happens. And by the way, the USA authorities know how to catch inside traders. Now, what, what's this all about? I think SA Capital, some of their employees got caught for inside trading. They can do it over there. Why can't we do it here? Well, they, I have to say the Americans aren't very good at catching anybody for doing much in, the, in white-collar crime. Um, there's still very few convictions after the GFC uh, debacle, um, but they did manage to catch a couple of guys at one of the big U.S. hedge funds um, with insider trading. We've had our own sort of potential insider trading uh, problems here recently with a couple of the David Jones directors who um, were somewhat... Um, Good with their timing, shall we say, after the uh, the company got approached by uh, by Myers. So um, we we are the corporate watchdogs usually pretty uh, on their toes, but mm. insider trading is 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 always a really hard one to prove and a hard one to get a conviction of. Euro. Let's go to the Europe zone now. I think mm. the gentleman's name's Mario. He said that they're willing to act and they're ready to act, but they don't want to act just yet. Was that what he was saying? <laughs> Well, Super Mario was famously uh, said that they would do whatever it takes. Um, of course, actually, just saying they will do whatever it takes to fix the problem um, as opposed to actually doing anything, and they've dithered and not really done much for the last couple of years. Um, and they still um, believe that Europe will sort of fix itself. But 
at the moment, you know, the, 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 the economic numbers coming out of Europe are patchy. They are slightly better in places, and we are seeing a little bit of a recovery um, as we are around the world, but uh, they still have a long way to go, and I suspect they will uh, be uh, struggling with these issues for the next decade or so. It seems to me that there are areas on the planet that are really in a fiscal mess and maybe caused by political decisions made by politicians so as to remain popular. You remember that old school trait, you've got to be popular? Mm. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but that's one of the problems, I think, as far as uh, the situation we're in. Popular decisions don't solve problems. Well... Yeah, I mean, the, the planet has a number of major issues, and, and a lot of the developing Western countries have um, have conditioned their citizens into a welfare state, which really is beyond our means now, with health care costing more and more, our life expectancy pushing out, and our populations getting older and older. The burden of taxation is falling more and more heavily on the young, um, and the young don't want to pay the high taxes. They don't want to pay for the old people. So it is a problem the whole world has to uh, to grapple with unless we go some sort of Logan's Run kind of uh, proposition where there's euthanasia compulsory at uh, 80. Hey, hey, wait, hang on. You're 30 years away from that, so don't Thanks, worry. Yeah, yeah. Um, so unless there is something like that, that the population will get older and older, the costs will get more and more skewed, and uh, we will have a lot of problems going forward. So we better have some unpopular decisions. How do you see the USA and the UK reporting seasons going? I noticed that some big growth stocks, such as Twitter and LinkedIn, are not mm. doing so good now. No, I mean, generally the US reporting season has been okay, I think. I, I think certainly we've seen that with our reporting season so far. It has been okay. Um, we have had a few disappointments. Things like Amazon were pretty disappointing. Twitter and LinkedIn were disappointing as well. Um, you know, I, I have written in my newsletter how, you know, there are some thoughts that maybe the emperor has no clothes with some of these uh, high growth, uh, high multiple tech stocks. Um, and actually getting people to pay for stuff is somewhat harder. Um, you know, we've seen newspapers over the years and, you know, content was king. It was fantastic at the beginning of the, uh, at the beginning of the digital boom back in the dot com days. Everyone wanted to buy media stocks because they had the key to the content. Unfortunately, trying to make people pay for that content or pay for those ads and click on them a lot is, um, is a trickier business. But, uh, Google have sorted it, but, um, Twitter and LinkedIn have yet to really uh, solve that puzzle. Henry, I can't believe this, and it's not cri- <laughs> it, it's not cricket, and I realise that it's to do with the UK, and I probably shouldn't have said it's not cricket, but how is this? The UK Bank of England launches an inquiry into internal allegations uh, against officials uh, who were sharing information with traders via the foreign exchange. That's number mm-hmm. one. Well, yeah. answer that. what's happening there? That one first. That's not cricket, I don't think. Well, it's not cricket. I mean, this is yet another um, inquiry into uh, alleged price fixing. Now, you know, they've had a look at um, foreign exchange. They've had a look at interest rates with the great LIBOR scandal. Um, they've also had a, a look at gold prices. I mean, some of these FX fixes are called FX fixes for a reason, Barry. The gold fix is called the gold fix um, for the <laughs> AM fix and the PM fix for a reason. Um, you know, that there's uh, historical um, sort of precedents for... Um, so some collusion, shall we say, in some of these markets. So um, it's hardly a surprise that it happens. Um, and the Bank of England is looking into it. Um, and I'm sure the American regulators will be looking into it as well. 
and I'm sure there'll be some nice big finds along the way for a few people that have left trails of emails uh, across their um, across their computers. Well, you mentioned that word LIBOR, L-I-B-O-R. That's the London Interbank Overnight Interest Rate, isn't it? It is. Right, fair enough. Now, here's another one. This this yep. this, this is beyond belief. Barclays <clears throat> Bank wins friends, of course. Oh, yeah. 12,000 jobs are apparently to go, but the yep. bonuses for their executives rose by 10% to $2.3 billion. And hasn't Barclays been making losses? Or am I reading the wrong newspaper? Yeah, it is kind of um, PR 101, you would have thought. That, and they even had to release the results a day early because uh, there were so many stories in the paper about what the results would be. So they did really well. So when they announced 12,000 employees around the world were going to get uh, chopped um, in the same breath that they were upping executive pay. Um, and, of course, there's always that wonderful excuse from uh, chairman uh, and, and the boards that uh, basically, you know, we have to pay such a lot to retain quality staff. Well, they haven't been that quality because they've been in serious poop for, for some time. So they're not exactly great quality. And this is a, a wonderful round-robin game that... Uh, boards play around the world that they have to increase their own pay to retain quality staff because of course if you um, increase the executives you have to increase the board members pay and then the other boards have to increase theirs so it's sort of this catch-22 and they just keep pushing their own um, their own sort of uh, troughs full of money higher and higher. So that's theory I reckon that theory could be changed around a little bit that if you pay peanuts you get monkeys but then again if you get monkeys you can train them to do the job properly. That's right, and if you have enough monkeys, they'll eventually type Hamlet. (laughs) Henry, thank you very much indeed. If we're still around, we'll see you next week. Thank you, Barry. Bye. Bye. It's Finance Today with Barry Preston on 2NURFM 103.7. Easy listening to and you are FM 103.7 Thursday afternoon. Barry Preston here with Finance Today. Barry, say you want to start a small investment for yourself or for your children. Have you got any thoughts on this for us? I'm going to give you a real-life scenario here. <clears throat> One of the things uh, that concerns me is we, we're really not teaching our children to respect money, how you can build wealth over time. Unfortunately, I think our society has become one of instant gratification. We need it now. Mm. Let's look at a real-life scenario, <clears throat> a very simple one, one that uh, a lot of people can probably be familiar with. But this is a client... Uh, way back in July 2000, they had 234 shares in IAG, which is Insurance Australia Group, tangled up with the NRMA originally. I won't go into too much detail. Now, those shares were worth about $2.82, $659. Now, they thought, that's not much. However, what they did, they said, well, we're going to hang on to them and we're going to dividend reinvest. What that means is instead of getting the money, because their first dividend would have amounted to $9.64, they said, no, we're going to get more shares. Now, once you get that little bit of money into your bank account, it just disappears, goes up in smoke, basically. You don't look for it. Now, since then, um, they got more shares. Now, we're jumping ahead a bit to last year. They have in excess, just or just just on 400 shares worth $5.78 at a given point in time, nearly $2,400. Now, remember, we're talking about a small investment of $659, which people said, well, we never paid from. You actually did because it came out, of, you remember, of the NRMA and it came out and guess there's a tax figure for those shares, what you got them. But instead of wasting the money, they got dividend reinvestment. Now, that's approximately uh, 13 years. 
just imagine if you started with a little bit more money now for your grandchildren, children, or whatever the case may be, or yourself, and did the same thing. Oh, by the way, in the meantime, we've had a we've had ups, we've had crises, we've had a global financial crisis. The sky hasn't fallen. Chicken Little's been proven wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All those things, and there is a very small investment which is compounding. Now, as it compounds, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you haven't done a single thing apart from start. This is the hard, challenging part. People are frightened off the market, go, we could lose all our money. Look, yes, anything can happen. You can lose all your money anywhere with a bad decision in business or whatever the case may be. But here is a simple strategy. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. Don't get involved in derivatives or short selling or puts calls, etc., etc., until you fully know about them. This is a very, very simple, straightforward strategy that over time, can build wealth. Okay. Absolutely. In a matter of moments, we're going to take a look at the Australian's average weekly earnings over the last 30 years here for Finance Today. Now, Barry, you've got some very interesting statistics that you've gathered here. We're looking at Australian's average weekly earnings over the last 30 years. Certainly, and I must uh, thank Vanguard, which is an investment company, for uh, the 2013 chart on a lot of things. Now, we're looking at average weekly wages. If we go back to 1983, the average weekly wage was $294 a week. Now, in 1990, uh, seven years later, it was 462 That's up $169, or 57%. In 2000, it was 622 average weekly wage, up another 160 or 34.6%. 2010, 968, up 346%. Sorry, $346 or 55.6%. Now, in the last two years, average wages have gone up 11.6% to 1,081. Now, on the other side of that, that's a wage increase. Has our productivity increased? If it isn't, then we're going backwards. Irrespective of whether you look at it from a high economical or an economist's point of view, that's a common sense approach. If you're not making money and your productivity is going ahead, then if you're paying high wages or high cost electricity, by the way, electricity and all these things come into it too, then you're in deep trouble or you could be in deep trouble. With this information you gathered, can you gauge when our last recession was, Barry? It was in, would you believe, um, the period was from June 1990 to June 1992. Now, the funny thing about a recession is this. You don't know you're in it until after because it's the last quarter's growth. So it's a funny thing. If you didn't know you were in it, then what's the worry? A recess. I remember when I went to primary school, we went in at a certain time in the morning and then we had a recess. Then we went back into school again. That was called a recess. And a recession is basically the same thing, a bit of a slowing down. It's it's happening all the time. And if you believe the consumer price index figures, and we interviewed a gentleman from the Australian Bureau of Statistics here, and it was very difficult. And I think at the time we interviewed him, one of the products or one of the items involved in the basket of of items to determine the uh, CPI was... Nylon stockings. Now, do you wear nylon stockings, Doug? No. no, You'd look good in them. Thank thank you. (laughs) Not really. But that was one of them. Anyway, yeah. Now, we've got our lowest interest, official interest rates now. When over the last 30 years was the highest? In 1985-6, it hit 18.5%. Now, yes, that was we're talking about the reserve bank rate here. 
18.5% or the official interest rate, whether the Reserve Bank was in charge of it, then I'm not quite sure. But housing rates uh, were kept or capped at 135 which is uh, uh, even would have been tough then. But remember this, guys, and everyone borrowing, rates can go up. There is a bottom, but there is no limit on where they can go. Now, you know, um, that is is 7.75% higher than it is now at 13.5%. So we've got to be very careful uh, we don't get into too much borrowing because if you get into too much borrowing and the rates go up, people start to panic and they sell and can bring down the value of assets and you get a deflation situation. Now, Barry, we hear of the rate of inflation, the CPI. We've had some negative periods, but when was officially the highest and what was it? And then was there any reason? Yes. in uh, And uh, what period did I find that there was? Uh, the... Financial year, I think, what is it, the first of the financial year 2000, the GST was introduced. Mm. It hit 15% for the quarter, but then it dropped dramatically back down. That was one of the highest. Now, mid-1984 to approximately June 1988, it was mostly over 5% per quarter and uh, a high of approximately 12% in April-June period of 1986. So we're seeing low CPI's consumer price index at the moment. And, yes, that had effect on a lot of things like interest rates, uh, prices, etc., etc., and things were tough then. But guess what? We survived. And that's what happens with financial markets. They'll always survive. Yes, some of the rotten apples will fall by the wayside. And as we've said, uh, if you've got 100 orchard trees and two of them are a little bit sick, you don't throw all your efforts into those two trees. You protect the 98 because they're the ones that build your profit. Thank you very much. We've run out of time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep safe. See you soon. Back again with us next Thursday, Finance Today with Barry Preston. And uh, coming up, we've got uh, Business, the Law and You with Julian Campbell following the latest in news from the Hunter Newsroom at 1 o'clock here at 2 in your RFM, 103.7.